Hello and welcome back to A Pinch of Honesty. Um, we are in 2021 and um, things have been uh, kind of busy and hectic here. Um, first of all, as my child has told me repeatedly today, I have killed Christmas. So, of course, not literally, but um, Christmas has died in our house. I've gone through to... Um, you know, put away the Christmas tree, put away all the, you know, tchotchkes around the house, put away the Christmas towels, put away. Um, and um, for me, it feels refreshing because the house is really clean and it's, again, a lot less cluttered. Um, but for my husband and daughter, it's a very sad time, right? Because for them, it's the the magic of Christmas is, um, is done. <laughs> um we, let's see, New Year's Day, I did 108 sun salutations, which means I'm still sore. Um, it's one of those things that becomes quite meditative as you do it. Um, and by the time, you know, I hit somewhere around 50, there's like no turning back, right? Up until 50, it's like, uh, but then once you hit 50, it's like, look, I'm, you know, halfway there, basically, I'm just going to keep going. And so um, I did that on New Year's Day. Um, a friend of ours has um, just fantastic birds, and um, her conures uh, are constantly having babies. And so my husband and I finally decided we will get a bird. And so um, that was yesterday. We picked up the new baby conure, um, and she has to be, you know, kept on a heaty pad, and she has to be fed every three hours. And so, you know, that's also been kind of eating up a lot of time. The interesting thing is, you know, I had brought up um, a friend of mine, Beverly, who every single day for 365 days, she does something, you know, and she plans it out. And it's always just amazing. Um, and I noticed this morning that it's already January 3rd. And if I were planning that, I'm already three days behind, right? Like I <laughs> I haven't done something every single day um, like that, you know, something where, you know, she's doing a painting or a poem or, or something. Um and so I guess that's just not in the cards for me. Um, you know, I hadn't actually really given it a whole lot of thought even before the rollover of the new year. I was kind of happy just to get, you know, uh, honest, honestly, my intention set for 2021. So um, I figure I'm just going to kind of just roll with it, you know. Um, let's see. In my, you know, list of um, interesting topical things, um, I had seen somewhere or, or maybe somebody had said it and they said 97% of all you do is rubbish. So keep going. And, you know, I thought about a number of things that, you know, I've kind of tried over the past 20 years. And it's funny because you do something, and especially if it's something new, you are rubbish at it and you're rubbish at it you know, basically until you get good at it, right? Like you never start off just acing something. Um, now granted I have had boyfriends in the past where it's like, you know, I've never water skied before and instantly like they're great at it. Um, but I don't, you know, that's not the case in general. Right. And, um, or one of my girlfriends who is like the craftiest human being ever and, um, anything she starts, it's like, she just, you know, <laughs> she's magnificent. So I'm not one of those people. And I would agree, right? 97% of what I produce probably is rubbish. Um, but it's that 3%, right? That you're shooting for that 3% that 
where you've done something magnificent and you're never going to get the 3% if you don't do the other 97%, right? And so, you know, fail, try, fail, try, have it be crap, <laughs> try, have it be less crap, um, try until it gets somewhere that you're, you know, relatively happy with it. Um, and so I thought I'd share that with you guys that 97% of all you do will be rubbish. So keep going, right? Keep going, keep going for those 3%. Um, I'm also wondering for those of you out there who happen to be women, um, I don't wear makeup. Um, when I was a kid, you know, I was raised, um, by my father. Um, and so, you know, makeup was never part of my regiment. Um, growing up in the eighties, you know, bright blue eyeshadow and, you know, well-teased hair was about all I had. Um, and so I've never actually even really learned to put makeup on. And to be honest, I don't feel like I need it. However, um, every once in a while, just putting on mascara makes me feel invincible. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and so there's just days where, you know, I wake up and I, I'm just not feeling it, right? Like I'm just not feeling the day. I'm not feeling anything, you know, it's just bleh. And I go and I'll shower and I put on some mascara and I feel like the world is mine. Um, and so I'm wondering if anybody else out there ever feels that way about it. just mascara. It's just mascara, right? But it seems like a powerful weapon. Um, I am currently reading a book. Um, it's a second in a paranormal series that takes place on the East Coast. Um, and um, there's a werewolf who has taken a bet with like another were changer that he can't um, curse for a month. And he has to pay every time he curses. And a witch has hexed him um, so that he can't curse now. And, you know, he says things like, you know, fish sticks or fiddle sticks um, or, oh, my taco wallet, right? Like there's just things he just sputters out that are very nonsensical. Um, and, you know, reading it, it's giving me a lot of inspiration to try different words for curse words. Um, you know, so maybe the, not the previous podcast, but the one before the word balderdash came up. So maybe I just want to throw out balderdash from now on. Um, that's, you know, I'm, I'm putting it out there. If anybody wants to try the, let's not curse challenge. Instead, let's be very creative <laughs> with a lot of, uh, terminology. Um, so the other thing that, uh, in going through and putting away Christmas to come back to putting away Christmas, killing Christmas, as uh, my daughter would say, um, is that I have holiday glasses, which I put away. And to be honest, what I really like for a glass is just a mason jar. I, I like big mason jars. I like medium-sized mason jars. I just like mason jars. And I know that a lot of folks don't find that to be proper glassware, but I really like drinking out of mason jars. And so I'm slowly seeing if I can incorporate them into the cupboard and whether or not my husband will notice. Thus far, he thinks it's just strange that I walk around with a, with a mason jar, um, and he hasn't really said much about it, but we'll see. We'll see. I think currently there's two up in the cupboard. Um, and one of the things that uh, I find pretty interesting is that um, in the past, so I don't like to touch citrus. I don't like citrus on my fingers. I don't like stickiness on my fingers. I don't like how it gets underneath your nails. Um, and so inevitably when you go to a restaurant, right, they give you like a lemon wedge. And I hate it because I have to touch it and it makes me sticky and I just don't like it. Um, and in the past, you know, I had read these articles about don't drink, don't put the lemons in your water at restaurants, right? Because of salmonella and a number of other things where, you know, things aren't kept clean. They're not kept cold. They're cut and then kind of just left out. Um, and so, you know, I felt okay just disregarding the lemon, right? 
Um, but lately, I find in the morning, I really like to have a big mason jar of water with a lemon squeezed into it. And so I thought, you know, it just, it feels good to me. It feels great on my gut. Um, and I'm really kind of digging it. And so I went out and I looked up, um, you know, are there health benefits to having lemons in your water? Now I understand, right, uh, at a restaurant, you maybe don't want to do it because of salmonella, but, you know, at home where I'm controlling it, um, you know, what about lemon water? And it turns out, actually, I had no idea. Lemon water is currently all the rage. <laughs> you go out there and there's just a gajillion articles on lemon water and the health benefits of lemon water. Um, so first of all, they say that it promotes hydration. Um, and um, so, you know, adding lemon uh, enhances the water. And so in general, you have a tendency to drink more water, uh, which I think I'm actually finding to be pretty true. Um, it's a good source of vitamin C. Uh, which I actually didn't even think about the vitamin C portion of it. So good on me. Um, it supports weight loss. Who knew, right? Um, they did studies on mice, I guess, um, especially folks who are diabetic. So, you know, totally unbeknownst to me. <laughs> it improves your skin quality. Well, I like that, right? Um, where I live is very dry. And so I'm constantly putting on tons of lotion and constantly trying to keep my skin hydrated. So that's a that's a big plus for me. Um, it aids in digestion. And so that's the thing I thought was pretty interesting. So my gut has been feeling great on it. And um, it says, you know, one of the things that's nice about it is it just helps um, prevent constipation. Um, and so I was like, oh, you know, I really had no idea that that was a uh, lemon water benefit. Um, freshens your breath. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, it prevents kidney stones. And um I think that's also kind of a great, um, a great side effect. So, um, so anyways, I, uh, thought I'd share with you that the lemon water in my Mason jar, which of course I think makes me look a little bit, um, redneck, <laughs> uh, has been just fantastic. Um, so in my, you know, 2021 minimalism purge, um, I did decide to kind of bite the bullet and to take the Marie, um, condo, approach for my closet. And I think I did this, I must've done, done this on, um, on New Year's day. And so I had my daughter help me and we took every single drawer, every single piece of item, you know, out of the closet. And we just hocked them all on my bed. And for every single item, you know, I had to decide, do I love it or do I just keep it because, you know, it fits or because it fills some niche, but I really don't like it. Um, I tried on a bunch of clothes as well, which was, um, pretty interesting. Um, and it turns out that you do not need like 50 pairs of underwear. <laughs> so when I cleaned out my underwear drawer, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. There's just piles of underwear in here. And I don't think I've ever actually cleaned out my underwear drawer. Um, my sock drawer, I don't need any more socks. I really don't need any more socks. I have so many socks. It's ridiculous. You know, um, Again, I mentioned on one of the podcasts about, you know, dress shirts and, and business attire. I went through and heavily purged that, right? So if it was something where I was just kind of like, meh, on the fence about, I purged it. I just purged it. Done with it. Gone. I did take my 15 pairs of corduroys and, um, and I, I got it down to three pairs. Three pairs. Um, I got rid of some extra belts. I got rid of um, scarves, hats. <laughs> you name it. I, I currently have like three massive bags of clothing, um, to give to charity. And, um, it was less hard than I thought it was going to be, um, to be honest. 
And it really made me recognize that I don't need for anything, right? Like I don't need anything in my closet. I don't, I'm not missing some quintessential thing um, in my wardrobe. I'm just not. Um, and so I kind of went through then and I cleaned up my email. So I'm not getting these constant reminders of like clothing sales and, you know, from places where I often buy stuff. And so, you know, I just unsubscribed from a whole bunch of mailing lists and instantly, you know, I feel better, right? Like I open up my drawers and there's tons of space and I can see everything that's in there. Now I'm not doing project three, 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 right? So I'm not doing 33 items. I didn't go through to count them. There's definitely way more than 33 items. Um, but I did, you know, I did a really good long haul clean on the closet, which was just, you know, uh, a good step for 2021. Um, I am, you know, still sore from my 108 um, sun salutations. So I've been on the fence as to whether or not to run or to do more yoga um, to try to get over my soreness. And I haven't, I haven't decided one way or the other. I've got something on tap for today, but I haven't decided which direction to go. But, you know, we'll see. So. Um, I did bring up, you know, a couple podcasts ago about having a uh, premature child who, you know, didn't weigh very much, right? Three pounds, six ounces at birth. Um, and how we're still dealing with some of those issues. And I kind of wanted to touch on some of these subjects today, um, just so you guys could get a feel for, for what it's like, you know, so you have this preemie, right? And they stay in the NICU and they've got feeding tubes and they've got IVs and basically, you know, you get this kid home and, you're just happy they're eating. You're happy they're growing, right? Um, you're happy they're alive, to be honest. And everyone tells you there'll be no lasting effects, right? Like they'll catch up on the weight scale. They'll catch up on the growth scale. And those things are absolutely true, right? So my kid is way far on the tall side. Um, you know, she's pretty mediocre on the weight side. She's definitely not underweight. Um and those things, you know, I want to say by the age of like one, I think she was pretty much caught up on those. Um, but what nobody told us about was that there can be lasting neurological issues um, with being a preemie. And so, you know, being the type of person I am when I got pregnant, you know, I read all these parenting books, right? I, I, I even when I got like old school Dr. Spock, right? Um because I'm like, you know, if I'm doing this, I'm going to give it my all, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Um, but then you realize, right? Like there's just something that's not the same as other kids. And you revel in the fact that your kid is a bit different, right? Like she's more stubborn than any other child. And every parent says that, but, <laughs> but mine is in the fact that you know, she had a teacher who um, had been teaching preschool for 15 years and she broke her. And the teacher even said, she was like, I've never encountered this type of just blatant willpower and strength. Um, and so, you know, as a parent, you're like, yeah, you know, good on you, kid. But it means that everything is a battle and you never know what your kid really needs because you're just pushing, 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 and they're pushing back. So this past year, um, you know, with the remote learning, um, we kind of started putting some things together and I kind of, you know, I felt like a fool, right? Because my kid stresses out about tennis shoes, right? Like putting on tennis shoes kills her. She wants to be barefoot or she wants to be wearing Crocs. Um, most clothes drive her crazy to the point where, you know, she's eight and it would be on the floor screaming full on hissy fit you know, tugging at the clothes, like they're killing her, like they're strangling her, you know? And I was like, 
I've always just thought, oh, like she's doing it just to irritate me. You know, she's doing it because she pushes buttons and she does. She pushes a lot of buttons. Um, but it turns out that a number of her nerves are not integrated correctly. And so she suffers from um, these basically sensory issues where, you know, things touching her skin really bother her, noises bother her, um, computer screens bother her. I mean, <laughs> the kid will sit down and watch, you know, half an hour of DuckTales and she's nasty afterwards. Um, and so, you know, we've really been trying to sort out a lot with how do you address this? And so she's been going to occupational therapy. Um, we had her evaluated, they went through and, and figured out what, what they think is, um, can be fixed, um, can be worked on. And so we've religiously been doing occupational therapy with her since May. And since May, um, you know, I, a lot of this is at home, right? Like they, they basically show you what you need to do. And then, and then as a parent, you have to do it. Right. And so, um, we do it every single day, every single day we do these exercises with her to help integrate her nervous system. And the thing that's hilarious is that it doesn't make her less independent. <laughs> it doesn't make her less stubborn. But what I'm finding is that she's more communicative, right? She can tell me that things hurt. Um, she can tell me she doesn't feel okay. Um, and so even though, you know, some of the stuff is not being, and I, I, I'm, I'm doing air quotes here, fixed, right? Like, um, she still really struggles with tennis shoes, right? Like we have to massage her feet. We have, I mean, it is like an event to get her in closed toed shoes, but we can now, right? It's not the meltdown, like dying. Um, and so, you know, I kind of wanted to show this story for the folks that are out there because I think we often look at our kids and it's like, there's things that we love about them and things that are really frustrating. You know, for us, the thing that was really frustrating was just fighting with her nonstop. And instead of recognizing that the fighting, the portion of the fighting was in all honesty because she had no idea <laughs> why she felt the way she felt. Um, and just even the sense of her going to occupational therapy, you know, she now recognizes, right? Like her therapist talks to her about it, you know, as they're going through the exercises, she's like, this will help you with this. So when you go to put her in a new shirt and it has a huge tag and it's digging at her neck, instead of freaking out and having like a meltdown, she can open up the shirt and she can point to it and be like, this is hurting me. Right. So she's, she's recognizing her own voice. Um, one of the things that's been stressful for her, um, with all this is she also really doesn't do well with anything timed. So, you know, at school, they often do all these, um, standardized tests and they're always timed and it just, it really stresses her out. And, um, I caught her the other day, she was having to do this online program and it's like, yeah, they make it into a game, but your character always dies if you don't do something fast enough. And she was beginning to just lose it, right? Like she was spinning, 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 spinning. You can watch it. It's like she's beginning to vibrate and she's getting like worked up, worked up, worked up, worked up. You know, and I closed the computer and I was like, you really have to figure out a way to be more, a little bit more centered and calmed. I was like, so, you know, um, work on your breath. Let's do some jumping jacks. Let's let's get a little bit of energy out. Um, but I was like, I, I can't help you because I'm not in your body. Like, I don't know how it feels. 
So just start trying things and see if something helps. So she tried sitting on her hands, which of course doesn't help because then she couldn't answer the questions. <laughs> um, you know, doing exercises, those types of things really do help her. Um, you know, and that's one of the other things which everyone says their kid has a lot of energy, but with her, I could take her for a run, then her dad would take her for a bike ride, then we'd take her to the ski hill, then she would go ice skating and she would never be tired, like ever. <laughs> and, um, she would just physically be moving and talking until basically she just passed out from, you know, sheer exhaustion. But you know how kids, like you put them in the car and they kind of just snooze after something really physical. That's never been her. And so, you know, right away, you know, when we would say to people, she never really gets tired. Um, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. All kids are like that. All kids are like that. You know, and so we kind of blew it off. Um, it turns out that uh, where she's going to therapy, one of the ladies um, was an Olympic skier. And so she actually said, she was like, you can choose not to integrate her um, and just leave her be. And sh she could be a, a world-class athlete because she doesn't feel pain the same way that other people feel pain. Um, and she can push, 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 you know, and never gets tired. And I was like, you know, I'd rather have a kid who's kind of, more more balanced right like I, if she wants to do something great right but i'd rather have her be just a bit more balanced than be far on one end of the spectrum um but anyways getting back to her doing her timed program she she finally sat down and and um and started it back up and what i caught her doing was just taking these long slow deep breaths you know where she was like And um, it worked. It worked for her. And not only did she, she figured it out, um, but she figured it out and it helped her. And so, you know, for her, it was a very rewarding thing because she figured out that she could do something that was really stressful and timed. Um, but just the breath exercise really, really helped her. Um, so anyways, I just kind of wanted to share some of these stories because all kids are not the same, Right. And, you know, we put them in public school and they get compared with all of their classmates and you think, oh, my kid's okay at this or great at this and not so good at this. You know, there's issues here or not issues here, those types of things. And to be honest, um, if we had not kind of stumbled into figuring out that she had, you know, nervous system issues, um, we probably would have just put her in special ed at school and just thought she had like ADHD or something. Um, when it's really not the case, right? She hasn't been diagnosed with that. Um, she's been diagnosed with needing her nervous system to be integrated, um, which it turns out, you know, the nervous system is wildly unpredictable and, um, and its effects I think are also really tough for people to understand. Um, and so if anybody else out there is, is seeing those types of things or struggling with something with their kid, you know, I highly recommend a talking to your pediatrician, but B, um, you know, it doesn't hurt to go online and to actively be your kid's advocate to have folks take a look at them, you know, have specialists take a look at them because, you know, I had thought, you know, we live in a, a very prosperous area. The schools are fantastic. I thought for sure, like the school would be the people to figure this out. Um, but it turns out they're not right. 
um, they kind of just lump children all together. It's like, you know, here's these kids, here's these kids, here's these kids. And then they just sort of move forward, right? Um, and so they don't know the ins and outs of everything that you see every day. And so um, I still love that I have, you know, a headstrong, stubborn, stubborn, stubborn kid. Um, but now she verbalizes it and she really explains what's going on in her head, which makes me ecstatic, right? Because I understand where she's coming from now. And when she takes a stance on something, she takes a stance. It's like, whoosh, you know, this is exactly <laughs> um, what I want and how I want it. Um, so currently we're actually trying to break her of the habit of saying frickin' um, because all the kids say frickin' because they're not going to use the F word, but she uses it all the time. And so I even said, you could try frack, you could try fudge, you could try, you know. So we're working on this non-cursing with other words. And she's like, mm, nope, I'm just going to say frickin' because she's like, if I don't say frickin', I'm going to use the other words and then I'm going to be in trouble, which, of course, you know, she would be. <laughs> um, let's see here. Other things that um, that I think we have on the horizon uh, besides getting up every three hours to feed the bird, um, which again is like having a small child at home again. Um, she goes back to school on Wednesday, you know, for us work starts again tomorrow. Um, and, um, and I think we're going to try to get her out, um, especially super early. So I like to get up early. Um, I like to work out early. I like to be up before the sunrise. And one of the things that we've noticed with her is that if she gets up and she's kind of groggy and she just sits and eats her breakfast, um, the way the day progresses is a bit, mm, how do you say it? It's like, it's like she's already in kind of a mood, but if you get her up and instead we go out for a walk or we go out and we do some laps around the track or we go out and she scooters up and down our cul-de-sac or those types of things. Instantly her mood, the prospect of the day is very different. Um, now it's a struggle to get her out and it's a struggle to get her out, especially because wintertime is cold. Um, but I think, I think starting tomorrow, you know, we're going to really work on let's, let's approach each day um, with the best intentions and line ourselves up for the best outcome. And, um, and then we'll take it from there. So I hope that everyone else's 2021 is, um, at least off to a start. <laughs> um, I know for my father, it was a rough start. Um, so it definitely the 2020, um, curse, you know, pandemic issues are not just gone. Um, but, uh, I hope this uh, podcast finds you happy or healthy and, um, at least, um, puts a little smile on your face. So thanks for tuning in and I'll see you in the next day or two.